Welcome to the Next Door Neighbors podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things neighborly. Here are your hosts, Alex and Irina Mazukin. Cheers. Cheers. Micro tea party. That's high noon. Pinky up. Pinky up. Mm. Our our daughter um, put together a little tea party for us. Yeah, this nice little cute little ceramic. Little set. Tea set. If you're not watching YouTube, you might. (laughs) Excuse me. Because it's super cute. One more. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, gracious! That's unprofessional. I mean. How unprofessional! Of We're you professional podcasters, and that is a very unprofessional thing to do. You said this is high noon. You don't. That's a uh, Topo Chico. <laughs> Tea. Well, mine's bourbon, but that's cheers. Cheers. Topo Chico. Well, that's a big cheers to what we just did. We have some fun big news. Well, fun big news, but should be kind of nervous for you because. You signed a legal document today not knowing what we bought. <laughs> that I did. That I did. What was your first impression of that? Um, that you're legally buying to what we bought, which is not cheap. You legally, I'm feeling a little like you talked me into something shady. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling like. We invested in a multi-level marketing. <laughs> Trust me, it worked. You just get 10 friends, and those 10 <laughs> friends recruit another 10 friends. And it just goes up from there. Yeah. Look. Pyramids are some of the strongest. Pyramid? Pyramids are some of the strongest stru- structures that have ever been created. There was a reason. Are you just gonna sip from that? It's kind of nice. It's it is. Like, it's kind of nice. It's really nice. I don't know why we don't adopt that into the yeah, Western Hemisphere. I just love it. Harper's like, here you go, some tea. There you go. I like that a lot. If actually. you do it Harper style, you have to drink from your cup and then pour it into her cup with your mouth. You, yeah, you got to put it in your mouth and then spit it. Mama birded back into a cup. Mama birded back into the cup. Out of there. It's so gross. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so we just got done about an hour ago. We got out of uh, the escrow company, title escrow company. And we closed on a house. We we bought a house. That you've never seen. That I've never seen before. <laughs> I've seen it twice. And you did have to go back a second time because the first time you said no. Yeah. This is too bad. Yeah. And that's what scares me. Uh-huh. Knowing that <clears throat> the first time you saw this house, you're like, I can't even do anything with this. You know how, here's the thing. When we walked into it, um, <laughs> I looked up, I, I usually, when the last two houses we bought, I have a terminology that I use that's not the same terminology as other builders use, but it's whether or not a house has good bones. Which good, a lot of people And good bones to fixer like- Fixer uppers do that. Yeah, fixer uppers, the good bones terminology to them is, um, are these bones like stable? Like, is there mold? Is it is it sinking? Is it is the roof leaking? That's a whole right. different interpretation mm-hmm. of Do bones. I have to do minimal like- wall like restructuring just you know Correct. take down a wall here but do we have to you know expand it or well uh, not even that well, well not even that good bones usually means in like layman's terms to the general public is like is a structurally sound that's good bones and when i walked into that play and now my definition of good bones is is different than that my definition right. of good bones is it, can I do something with this space to transform it? Can I open up a wall? Can I, you know, that, right. that, can I relocate some stuff? Can I do some rearranging? Um, are the ceilings high enough? Are, um, is there enough, you know, blueprint to work with? Right. And, like and, minimal, yeah. minimal change to the layout if you can. Yeah. But you walked out of that. I remember you're like, I saw a house. And it was very quickly too, by the way. It was the, the shortest time I've been in the house. 
Because you just wanted to get out of there? No, I was like, this is not the one. I, I can't you just see. Knew. It's literally the, and you've never stepped foot in this place, but it's literally the kitchen is like, I'm talking about kitchen and, and where you would put an island is the width of this office. So it's very small. I mean, you can't have <clears throat> a kitchen countertop and then also put a dining room table. Yeah. It's yeah, so, so, you gotta so, out. so I walked out of there. I was like, this is not the one. And then, and I was so definitive about it. And the, yeah, you were. You you told me. I remember you coming home because I think you was that you might have looked at a couple houses that day, and you were very sure. You're like it was just that bad. It couldn't even like. You, I remember you saying, "I'm pretty good about seeing potential in homes," yeah. and I couldn't even see any potential. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I believe it was the next day. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple days later. Two days. I think it was two days later. You were sitting there and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to go see the house again. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? Yep. The house you told me that you were so sure was not the one. Uh-huh. And I think you had slept on it and kept thinking about what you could actually do. Yep. And that potential started like seeping in and you started like re- realizing what, I mean, I guess there is something I can do. Which is like a good sign because it means it was on your mind. It's in, it's kind of scary, it's but it's like it's so mind. hilarious to me how optimistic you are about this. You know why? Because I don't have to live in it. That's very. That's a very good. point. That's the number one. That's a very good point. Point. If I had to live in it, I would a hundred percent say <clears throat> no, just based on what you've told me about this house. What's funny is that, by the way, this is if you listen to the was it the last episode that we spoke about the mold infested house mm-hmm. that we were going to buy. If you haven't listened to that, we've been through, and you're like, whoa, 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 buying house. Yeah. Go listen to the episode before this one. We talk all about our process and how we came to this step of buying a house for, to fix up and flip eventually. We also went through another house that we were in the process of closing on. Anyway, didn't end up working out. Go listen to it. It's a great episode. So this house was the first one you looked at before the one after that we were about to close on didn't work out lo and behold that fell apart what a couple days later maybe a week later uh probably a week no you got to give it two weeks because we had multiple multiple uh (laughs) companies come out to give bids on no i mean after we decided to pull out of the house it was probably like a week later that this house uh, oh, came back on the market. Came back on the market. And yeah. if you listen to the episode, we talk about how Alex decided, wait a second, I kind of feel like we, maybe this is a might be a missed opportunity. We should maybe think about like getting this house. So you went back and looked at it. Yeah. And you decided that you could do something with I, it. I, I, had, I had a vision for it. Yeah. Anyway, we talk all about this. This house... Ended up we missing we ended up missing out on because um, you cannot get a traditional mortgage loan on it because it's such in rough shape. Yeah, and the major issue was uh, a roof, right? It's, it's caving in. <laughs> <laughs> we bought, what did we, we do, we, honey? We bought a house that a bank said there's no way we could We're sign up liability on this, and then we oh figure out a way to have a cash purchase on a house oh that the roof is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we bought a house that the bank said this is an unlivable like estate. we can't even give a loan because this is so bad the banks won't take a risk oh on my it. gosh what have we done 
but also like to <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna be bankrupt soon this is a poor decision i should have gone and looked at this house also that's my favorite part I have my in favorite you? part wow. is the fact that you've not seen the house i have not seen the house and you felt you felt a little uh, upset. I was gonna say butthurt because you, but you'd be upset with that terminology. But you were upset with me because I remember <laughs> you mentioning you're really passive aggressive. I was like, um, I feel a little upset the fact that you put in an offer and you never even talked to me about it and you never even. Showed I know. Me the house. I was a little upset. I'm like, are we not married anymore? Are you just making these decisions on your own? We're married, and we have joint uh, finances. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to potential and investment, based off of the I'm out the, of the, the I'm the, out of the loop. Based off of the history of the last couple of houses. And no, listen though, you can't base it off the history of the last houses because those were our personal homes. Correct. We have no history these, with these fixer are, uppers, so are, you can't base my. But these are personal finances, so you're like, if 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 if. If we file for bankruptcy, we file for bankruptcy. Yeah. It's not me filing for bankruptcy. <laughs> That's why you had me sign on the house. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, don't worry about it. We're just buying a cat. Just sign here, here, and here. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway. By the way, can I say why the first time when I looked at the house and I said it's yeah, not the one? Yeah, let's go back. The reason I said it was not the one, it's not because it was in such rough condition that it's like, man, this thing is like sinking into the sand. It's not that at all. It's that typically when you walk into a house, you go... Oh, I could potentially, uh, here's a great example. This last house that was mold infested, which is the last episode. Uh, there was a, f- a fake wall, a faux dividing wall uh-huh. with a, what do you call those ledges that have like an opening into the other room? Like like they put like 10 years ago, they would put like vases and flowers on there. Like a little window? Yeah, like a little thing. So it'd be like a post and then like a big open thing. Oh, I don't know. It's so, like a little yeah. window into the other room. Um. I'm sure there's a name for and it. And when something's such a like like such a, a superficial thing like that, you go easy. We can just knock that out. That's not load bearing, obviously. Let's get rid of that. Right. And then you open up the concept and you go, cool. Like this is, and so that was the mold infested house that we wanted to buy. But then because again, it was so mold infested and be it would cost so much money to get multiple rooms of mold remediation. Not to mention the trusses in the floors that were warped that were sinking those walls down. Yeah, there was multiple things. And nobody would finance. And even if you paid cash, it's too much money to get that taken care of. So with this house, when I said I don't see this, like the vision for it is because instead of it being a fake wall, you have you walk into a living room, which is small, fine. The house is not that big. It's 1300 square feet. It's 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 a living room. And then there's a wall. And on the other side is the kitchen. Now, here's the kicker. This wall is not just a wall. It's, by the way, the house was built in 1961. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. I did not. Okay, so. I feel like there's <clears> a lot of stuff I'm learning after I signed <laughs> okay, the I paperwork. Didn't, I didn't tell you much about this property, did I? Um, but that oh, wall <laughs> is, they, the guy that lived there created this makeshift basement entrance. Or maybe the structural engineers they created. But it's this. Very sketchy, very not original build access into what would be considered an unfinished bin, and a uh, horrible placement, right? It's it's between it's right in the middle of the house, so it's not just a wall; it's, it's a like hollow right space. The- it's a door. So when I say it's the size of this office kitchen, right? The right wall here that I'm pointing. Go watch the YouTube video if you are only listening. 
the right wall, there's a door right there. You open up that door and that goes into, it's a staircase that goes into a basement. It's an unfinished basement. <laughs> You're gonna love this. It's an unfinished ba basement that you, and when I say unfinished, it doesn't mean like, oh, here's just concrete left and right hand side and it's just concrete on the floor. No, it's when I say unfinished, that's usually what unfinished means. You this have, is extra unfinished? You have, you have to insulate, you have to put drywall up on top of the, the, the concrete. When I say it's unfinished, it's so unfinished that... <laughs> oh no, oh I don't know my if gosh. I, I don't know if I should even mention this, but it's a, basically a hole that they dug out. That There's a pile of dirt on the left and a pile oh my of gosh. dirt on the right. So it's just a hole, it's not a basement. But, it's, but listen to me. It's a hole in the ground. <laughs> the furnace is there. <laughs> Hi, so they're like, we need some place to put this. The, hmm. the and the most impressive part is the furnace is probably less than five years old. Like it's a newer so, furnace. So maybe they did this like five years ago. I don't know. Maybe they're like, we need to put. We like, need to put this. Maybe we don't maybe know it was one of those situations where the house and kind of makes sense now that I'm talking out loud. I wonder if the house was built with no central air, meaning no HVAC system, ah. no furnace, nothing to heat the house. And they're like, enough is enough. I need a furnace, but we don't have anywhere to put it. So they were like, let's make a hole. What if we dig past the uh, crawl space <laughs> into a section that you could stand up six feet tall and have all the plumbing run above us? Literally, it's just six feet tall. So you can't make it a livable space unless it's for like short people or little people. You put make a it furnace like a there. Kid space. You're at kid space, right? And then you put a furnace there. So that's what they did. They put a furnace there. And again, gravel hill to the left, to the right, and to the front and back. Literally every four corners of this crawl space is just gravel coming up the walls. It's not up and down, it's not. <clears throat> and uh, at one corner of the place, the, the person passed away. It's that this is, it's an estate sale, the, mm -hmm. the, the family selling it off, is a built-in, in that section, a eight foot, maybe nine foot by four feet long, full on chicken coop in the basement. <laughs> so they're like, we're gonna keep the furnace here and some chickens. So you have a, what I would guess, oh maybe gosh. a nine foot wide kitchen. You have a, a regular size for a 13 square foot home living room. And you have this, uh, what looks like an elevator shaft in the middle of it and you climb down through it. and. <laughs> So uh, let me ask you this. There's two cars on the premises <laughs> that they left. <laughs> like old school. They just school, left it? Old so the part of the, this, I mean, you sign all Do these Do we paper. get the cars you, as part of the house? Well, they just recently sold them, uh, some of them. So the part of the agreement oh of the closure because of the state sale is this: <laughs> the guy that passed away. He didn't pass away in the house, but the guy that passed away, uh, part of the agreement on the sales things is that it's a hoarder house, basically. Like there's... Uh, uh, desks on cinder blocks. There's car parts all over the house. The, um, <laughs> this is not make the story any better. The agreement of the sales that all of the, the stuff that's there have to stay with the house. I Meaning it's, it's the, the, the new owner's responsibility. responsibility to get rid of it. Yes. Oh my gosh. So what, <laughs> like you can't, you can't even sell it. It was so bad that they're like, Whoever buys this, you yeah. have to you get have rid to of this. Get rid you of have it. to throw this yes. away. Yes, yes, 100%. Oh 100%. Gosh. 
So what else was left? What was left in the house? So the inside of the house is not bad. It's like a lot of desks and 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 chairs and couches and like the bathrooms all fully still stock of like stuff from like old you know old spice and all that stuff. But the garage is actually the spot that because he seemed like based on the garage when you if you're gonna read it like a crime scene, it seems like an average. I'm gonna take a wild guess. Let's say the guy passed away at like 78. He lived a full life mm -hmm. based off today's records. <clears throat> you would imagine this is a 70 year old guy who always tinkers with things, possibly divorced, maybe his wife passed away before him, whatever it is. But everything and anything you can think of of a tinkerer dad that's 70 years old is in the garage. I'm talking about vices, I'm talking about wrenches, I'm talking about, we found a set of golf clubs that were 30 years old. There's gears and, and all this stuff. There's a But it's like nothing that you could actually sell off, it's like something you, oh, you'll no. just have to throw away. No. So the two cars, there's one car in the backyard, uh, they're like these 1970s Oldsmobiles or something like that. I think the car in the garage was like a 1980s Cadillac or 1970s Cadillac. Nothing sought after, like nothing good. Uh, and so uh, those two cars were, they sold them off on Craigslist, so they got them towed out. Everything else is staying there. And there's the back side of the garage. Because they're like, it's not even worth it to try to sell this stuff. It's and so there's, bad. there's the back side of the garage. It has its own little separate room, like a parts room. And the guy kept like brakes and rotors and engine parts and all the, mm. just, it's, it's, to a kid, it's kind of like, I remember this. I remember when we were, when I was still living in Russia, I was six or seven years old, maybe six at the time, and I went to my grandparents' house every once in a while. And they lived in this tiny little home, probably smaller than this house that we bought. And they had this giant backyard that had these, um, I don't know how many, but at least maybe five giant 50-foot tall apple trees. And I remember my grandmother would cut off these apple like trees with a, with a little hacksaw thing with a pole and apples would fall down and we'd have fresh apples. Very mature trees. But I remember my grandfather had this like, not a carport, but kind of like almost like an awning built on it. And again, this is Russia in early 90s. And I remember my grandfather had all these chests, like wooden chests with stuff inside of him. But I remember specifically, it's funny, I haven't recalled this memory in a very long time, but I remember how fun it was as a kid to explore. Yeah. It was like a treasure because everything was rusted and, and beat up. But it was cool to like explore and be like, wow, this is an old hacksaw or this yeah. is an old wrench or this is an old mallet. I'm sure Beckham would love to go through that garage. This is that garage. Yeah. This is that garage with a roof cave again. There's no drywall in the in the garage. It still sits on dirt floors. There like the garage is on dirt. There's no there's no concrete. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I think the garage is, has concrete. It the driveway is, is dirt. Um, but it's a, it's a catch all garage and I'm excited. <laughs> and I'm excited because I want to do a video on the garage and I think this would be a really fun video for curious minded people to be like, go through the stuff. Let's see. We're, we're, we're throwing all this stuff here. Let's see what was left yeah. here and just kind of be like, what is this? What is that? Yeah. You know, maybe find great. a dead body. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll find <laughs> out bones. how, how Oh my gosh. Separated. Could you imagine how he separated from his spouse? Yeah. Oh, uh, and also. We found his dead wife yeah. under the yeah. garage floor. Something. It's so the, the so yeah. is the garage <laughs> attached to the house or detached? It's attached. Okay. But I think it's DIY attached. <laughs> what does that mean? So I think what it was is 
it was is it like a tunnel no i think what it was is i think the garage is an afterthought usually like an old house like that has a carport yeah and so like just like an awning that you can park your cars under and you think that's <clears> what it was and then they made it into garage? i think they either i no, i think they they planned for it but they didn't attach it to the house correctly that's why the garage roof is caving in. oh <clears> how do they attach it to the house is there a door there's a door from the kitchen into the garage kind of like our old house uh, our first house there's a, remember that ki- that that kitchen door that goes right to the garage. Oh yes, it's just like, like that, that, but way older. But from the sixties. Yeah. And not maintained very well. The good news is we bought the house for very 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 cheap yes. in today's market. Now ten years ago, it's not very cheap. It's a terrible buy, because we've seen people buy like your parents bought a house, our first rental property when we got married ten years ago. Um, they bought that house for like. Eighty thousand yeah. dollars, and it was in good condition. Like, yeah, it was in good condition. Because you lived there, you li- you lived there, right? Yeah, for a little bit when you guys were building the the house that you're. You, but you, it was already remodeled. Oh, it was already remodeled. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think they did it right away. But, woof, woof. That's all I have to say. Yeah. So, the the caving in part is only in the garage, or is it the whole house? Just the garage. Okay. So therefore, the, it wasn't as like so only scary the only leaking. That's, I mean, there's tarps on the roof and stuff like that. Because it's leaking. Yeah, I mean, it's caving in, but I it's only going into the garage. I cannot wait to see this house and like die a little on the inside. Yeah. The, well, by the way, uh, we'll do a video when we do a house tour. I want to do a video, I, and I want to prolong. And this is driving you crazy, but I want to prolong. It's gonna drive me crazy as long as I can because I'm planning to release and introduce that house in like April because my calendar right now is already booked out till the end of March but I want to release that house because this house the, the current house we're, you got to finish up the it, projects it's, here yeah. everything's planned out till the end of March so I want to do a video of like having your honest reaction because so I, I can't see this house until April I think it'd be so hilarious just to because it's going to be like my actual reaction walking yeah. in. You know how like you buy a, f- a fixer upper and you go, oh, we can just paint the cabinets. That's not a. No, that's, oh, I already know. That's not. <laughs> that's not a solution here. Does it smell weird inside? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Not terribly weird. I'm in fact, our, our first house that we actually bought smelled more weird than this one oh, because that first house it smelled was like a dog, a wet dog, the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. This one does not smell like a wet old dog. Does it smell it's, like old? person it just smells like an old house like yeah. when you open up an old cabinet and you're like this smells like my grandmother mm. that's what this house <laughs> smells like oh my gosh it, but you so what is the actual property like is the backyard a decent size yeah it's a it's a, because the house is small and it that the backyard's still a quarter acre which like we live on a quarter acre plot, but the ha- the way our house, our house is designed, is, it takes up a lot it's of the one room. One story, yeah. It takes a lot of the room. <clears throat> what do they say? The footprint of the house. Yeah, is exactly, bigger. exactly. But so it's still a quarter acre, but because the house is so narrow, there's actually a very decent backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, Does any it's any a bigger, part of you want to like extend the house if you can a little bit, like extend out some rooms? Uh, we will a thousand percent go bankrupt if we extend the house. We will be Is it so, that expensive to do that? We will go upside down. Because when you extend the house, you have to understand that you're rearranging the trusses in the roof. Like you're attaching mm. and moving trusses. So it it doesn't only go the easy part is adding footings. 
concrete footings to the house, which is the base of the mm -hmm. house. And then you go up and then that's the easy part. The roof part is the most expensive part because what you have to do is you have to expose a quarter of the roof, take some of the trusses out and add new trusses to mm. create this addition to the house. So you can 100% do that. Now, if we land on some jackpot money and cool, we could always do that. Maybe add it because it's a three bedroom one. It's just bath. not worth it probably if it's an investment yeah. property so, and not your own house. As it sits right now, it's three bedroom, one bath, 1300 square feet. Uh, twelve fifty five. It'll be like, like a great time, great first time. It would be home if you buyer. if you if if the conversation is extending that house. The only extension that I would do is add an extra maybe five hundred square feet for creating a master bathroom or a primary bathroom in today's lingo, and that's taking one of the rooms and then just like expanding it a little bit and then adding a you know shower and all mm -hmm. that stuff into it, which. That's always a potential because of the, the footprint of the backyard. You could definitely do that. But it's definitely a superior, a, a, a lot bigger of a backyard than any house we've ever owned because mm -hmm. of the layouts. <clears throat> because the house is small and the way it sits. Yeah. And and I'm excited because because we have this and it's going to be a, a project. You know, the, the camper, the boat, and the, the, the utility trailer. Like, I could park it there because there's no HOAs or anything like that. So that's going to make it easier for me. You're going to park it in the backyard? I can park in the backyard, in the front yard. Wow, you're going to be that guy? Listen, that, if I put that stuff there, that's only going to make the house look better. <laughs> Ooh, a boat. Well, they got a boat. So cool. Well, it makes sense. Buy a cheaper house, get a bigger boat. Do What is your plan for the, quote, basement area? So it's funny you should ask because last night I had my whole bad sleep again and I woke up three o'clock in the morning as I had bad sleep for a long period of time before and my brain started racing a little bit and I was like, I had ideas running through and I was like, what, what's the solution to it? So before the solution was gonna be, I'm gonna put what looks like back in the day when people had bunkers, like in the 60s when the house was built and they had bunkers, it's this <clears throat> metal doors that would open up in the grass and you take steps down to this concrete bunker thing. Mm -hmm. In the East Coast, they still have houses built like this where they would essentially dig a hole and they would build an, do you remember when we walked through our neighborhood last summer with the kids? I think we're biking and somebody had hired contractors and they were putting in a, like a guest access door to a basement, mm -hmm. right? So they're digging into the ground to create steps and put in a door. That's that was my plan, mm. but I don't know if that's gonna work with permits and all that stuff with the city, right. because when it's a basement, the footings, the concrete footings, go all the way down. So all you have to do is dig a hole, create reinforcements, and then create your door. Because these footings don't go that deep, that's out of the question. And we need to get rid of that middle elevator section that has access to this. DIY murder murder door murder door uh, <laughs> murder pit to the furnace so there's two solutions one solution is to spend a lot of money to have the HVAC guys to come out and move that furnace into the garage and reduct the place like relocate all the ducting to make sure the central air goes in the house it's a lot of money <clears throat> and then I had a solution literally last night because this house that we're in right now it's built on what's called a slab on grade, meaning there's no crawl space. It's just one concrete slab. Mm -hmm. And then all the plumbing runs um, 
either underneath the concrete slab or if it's ductwork like furnace and HVAC, runs from the ceiling and the furnace is in the attic of our garage. So it runs from there. And the access to it is a classic crawl space access. It's like two feet by, I'm sorry, three feet by three feet. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what it is. So the idea that I had in the middle of the night last night is what if we knock out that section? It's not load bearing. What if we knock out that entire section, close it off, and then put a crawl space a uh, access the same dimensions as on our attic mm. HVAC access into like the pantry. So you, and then put a, you know, a, a, a ladder, like a built-in ladder for it. So you can still get the So you can still act, and then you're able to close that off, open up the floor print, and still have access into the HVAC system that if, even though it's a brand new HVAC system, that if it fails, then you can, you know, still Get take the it. parts out you know and all that stuff would you like <clears throat> pour concrete or anything in there no because there's no way to walk there's there's it's not a livable space like mm -hmm. the reason why the dirt goes on the sides is because if they got rid of that dirt on the sides and make it like nice and straight the house would essentially sink so they need that's that's a reinforcement dirt part <laughs> that's there so you can't even get rid of the dirt no, you'd have to literally close that area off. Mm -hmm. You can't be like, let's turn it into a livable space. It's mm -hmm. not a thing. But even like to get to the <clears> HVAC, <throat> isn't it? Don't you want it to be like a little bit more, I don't know, put together down there? It, I mean, the people who put in the HVAC it, oh, got a permit, meaning they hired HVAC company to do that. To do that, and it's all up to code. I don't know how up to code what they did with that hole. But yeah. because the HVAC people came out that. and the HVAC people were like, cool, we'll put a new <laughs> furnace in here. Um, I'm going to keep that furnace. The question is access to the new mm -hmm. furnace. But once this elevator shaft looking thing is out and that floor plan is opened up, now we're working with, a v remember our the, the rental property that we had with your parents? Uh, actually, here's a better example. The first house that we bought, you and mm -hmm. I bought. And it had that divi dividing wall that we, I made those pipe shelves and stuff like that in, into a smaller kitchen. Mm -hmm. The kitchen was tiny, right? Mm -hmm. If we were to knock down that wall, you could put an island, right? So when you walk in, you kind of see that. That would essentially be the layout. The boys at school keeps calling me. Why are they calling you? Oh, well, they're Somebody almost out. He's puking or They're out in, hurt. In, a, in an hour and a half, so they can hold it in. It's a second... You, you can answer it. I'll 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 buy you some time. You want to do it? My phone's off. Right, go for it. Yeah. <clears throat> so this will be a solo podcast for the next maybe five minutes. Um, so yeah, so there's this elevator shaft thing. So if we get rid of it, it's gonna open up this floor plan. It's only 1,300 square feet, three bedrooms, one bath, which is cool because if you think of like my 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 plan for it really is not necessarily selling it. What I want to do is. And this is like my the business side of my brain is I want to keep doing this over and over and over again. And I'm excited about it because I don't this is the first time ever in my career on my YouTube channel where I don't I don't have to live in the same place that I work, which there's pros and cons to it. The pros of living in the same place you work is that this is your office. This is your workspace. So you're like. You wake up, 
you get yourself ready, you work out, whatever your regimen is, and then you're like, cool, I'm remodeling this part. Where it sucks is that for, now we're finishing up this house in two years, two year mark, you're, you're kind of living in a very semi-construction site. Even though the kitchen and all that stuff is done, you're, you have a room that you're constantly, a bathroom that you're constantly working on. So that's no longer part of the equation. Um, the, the second bad part about having the house you live in to be in also your, your office and your workspace is that when kids are off of school, like, like summer break, and you are either building or building and filming for like YouTube, you don't have this whole like, hey, keep it quiet, stay out of the space. Like kids are constantly running in and out. It's extremely frustrating and it's, it's the, the worst. Summers are the worst. They absolutely are. So by having a place I can go to and disconnect and come to a house that's finished, you almost have like office hours where you're like, I left that work over there. I didn't have to make it super tidy. Like you have this kind of freedom of like being a little bit sloppy in a way. I have to go pick up our child from school. What He's happened? Uh, the nurse said he can't stop coughing and he has a fever. Oh, Beck's got a fever. <laughs> oh. I feel really bad because he told me he wasn't feeling good this morning, but I thought he was faking it because he fakes it all the time. And he yeah. kept doing this. <coughs> like the cough sounded so fake. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't believe him. So it's all right. You, can, gotta, you can go get it. I can, I can run from here on. Uh, you can do a little solo. Yeah. It's not yeah. a big deal. It's, we'll tell everybody about how the first time I'm going to see the house, I'm going to, I might faint. Well, so. you know, <laughs> that's, that's part of the closing costs. <laughs> Is that a closing fee? <laughs> yeah. Closing like, costs. Here's uh, an extra couple of grand for hospital yeah. admissions. <laughs> for your wife. All right. Go get the kids. I'll, 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 I'll. Alrighty. <laughs> you weren't part of the purchase. You weren't part of like the assessment of the house. So I don't even well. know. You're yeah. like, what's the point? Who cares? All I don't right. even need to be here. All right. You go. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let the people know what's, what the plans for this property is. Um, so th those are the, the benefits, the pros and cons of like, working in the same place that you're living and so i'm really excited about that part i'm really the downfall is now there's a little bit of commute there's it, the place is like 28 minutes away so rounded up 30 minutes there 30 minutes back so great but at the same time again there's freedoms of like i'm able to park my trailers and all that stuff and not you know put stuff in storage so that could stay there um what else i the the plan for the house is not necessarily to sell it um i think that it's it's like you could walk away from the poker table you can you can get a house fix it up and you can do it like i could potentially do this house in a year and a half if i'm like really fast at it and then sell it off but i think where the real power comes from is i keep hearing all these like financial gurus talking about you know, using, borrowing against something to buy something else to make you more money. So you could flip it and the most money I could potentially make on it is probably on a good note, a hundred grand and which it's a lot of money. But the problem is, is that the amount of work that you're putting in over the course of two years, that's essentially two years of salary for anybody. So the best option really would be to put renters in it and not make any extra income on it, but the renters are essentially paying off your own loan. And when they're doing that, what you can do at that point when the house is done 
is refinance the house. They, they call it the, the, the Burr method. Buy, remodel, um, what is it? Buy, remodel, uh, re, refinance, uh, and rent out. So what ends up happening is you buy a piece of property and then you remodel it with your own money and then you refinance it with now what it would be worth. You know, maybe it's up an extra 100, 150, 200 if it's a really, really good day. And then you're able to take that money out, pay off your original loan, put renters in there that are continuing to pay it off. And it. listen, they the people on Instagram are always telling you like, oh, you should do this method and then that's extra passive income. It's not. Be, especially how high interest rates nowadays, they are through the freaking roof. So you're not making, you're not putting any money in your pocket. You're essentially breaking even on a good day. So let's say you're breaking even, they're just paying your mortgage, but they're paying it down. So if you have renters in there for, you know, X amount of years, and then you uh, refinance it, you're now able to take that money that the house now appraises for and put it into the next house and do the same thing over again and put renters in there and refinance that and take that money out and put it. And, and again, you're not collecting any extra income. You're breaking even essentially along the way of your monthly, your payments. But when, because you have multiple, I mean, again, this is like a pipe dream. So it's not like I know what I'm talking about. This is just like stuff that like I've been reading about, learning about, listening about. But when the time comes for you to like retire, 30 years from today and a 30 year mortgage is paid down, paid down. You're now able to sell off a house and, and retire on that. But again, this is just a silly pipe dream that I feel like we're either, this is one of those moments where you're either gonna make it or you're gonna break yourself. You either are gonna look back at yourself when you're 70 and be like, I'm really glad I did that. Or you in, 10 years, I'm going to look back and be like, well, chapter 11 bankruptcy really sucks. <laughs> so it's a, it's a high, it's like using a golf. I was talking to you about golf drivers. A golf driver is like a high risk, high reward. You can hit the ball perfectly and get 280 yards, but you're also risking hitting it 280 yards in a slice way to the right. Uh, but you could also hit it 280 yards and be down down the center. But uh, it's it's just one of those things you just got to try, I guess. Fortunately, I'm fortunately we're in a space where my I'm very fortunate. The fact that the the content that I create is around homes. If the content that I created was around, you know, giving people tech reviews on Sony cameras and Canon can uh, uh, Canon cameras. Um, I wouldn't be able to do stuff like that because it wouldn't make sense. I can't create content around me getting rid of access to a basement and closing that section off and remodeling this POS house. By the way, it is an absolute POS house. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> Kyle, mic up. I want to I talk to you about this. What, you're, you're on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's up? <laughs> so you're going to have a little bit of a commute. I didn't tell you this, by the way. Surprise. Yeah, no, this is all news to me. Yeah. It sounds pretty cool, though. Are you are you optimistic? Yeah. I mean, as soon as you said chickens. 
<laughs> How bad can it be? Right? Um, the, the commute's not terrible. It's Like I said, it's an extra 28 minutes. Uh, we could figure out start times and end times and all that stuff uh, when we when we work. But I, to be completely honest with you, one particular episode, the, the, the most exciting episodes are always like the walkthrough, especially when the house is in such bad condition. There's always a story and you're a fan of like, documentaries and stuff like that um or, or storytelling and the second best one is like when the project is complete where you do like a video where you're like complete you know uh 80 year old house complete uh, transformation in 10 minutes or something like that those are really fun to watch but i i wonder like i'm really excited and i like to hear your take on it is like on doing that video specifically of going through all the stuff that's in the house and kind of like analyzing it and trying to paint a picture of like who was here and what were they into. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a new genre. Right. In the DIY kind of videos. Yeah. That, that you've been doing, so. Could you imagine though, like, again, the house is built in 1961. Fortunately, the electrical is not, uh, they called it, like, I'm going to mess this up, but it's like tube and something knob knob. No, it's knob and something. Um, but I, I'm like, again, I'm painting this picture of this like six, 70 year old dude that lived there for a very long time and all the stuff that he accumulated in the garage. And I feel like that would be such a fun walkthrough of this, like no drywall in the garage. The trusses are exposed. The, the roof is sinking. They already got rid of this Oldsmobile Cadillac, whatever that was in the garage. By the way, when I was doing the original walkthrough, like the hood was off, the engine was empty, like it was just a shell of a car. And then like all these car parts and like things. And that to me is probably gonna be the, the most fun of an episode of like walking through and just seeing the stuff that the guy owned and left behind and the story that it has. And I, I, I really hope that I get to hold on to a few of the things. Like not necessarily like, oh, this is like a rarity of a thing. Like these clubs are actually a collector's items. N not that, but like the clubs definitely I'm gonna hold on to. Like to be able to be like, these were somebody's clubs. They're a full set from 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's cool stuff that you could probably incorporate, right? Right to like keep some of the original elements. Yeah. That'd be actually really cool if to, if there were some things that were like very unique. Um, I don't know what I'm thinking about. Maybe like a, a car engine and then like turn it into like a, a, a dining room glass table. You know what I mean? Like, and just be like, this was the part of the story of the house. That stuff, you know what I always wanted to do? <clears throat> and I don't know if my audience on YouTube would find too much interest in it because I don't have, I don't create a lot of very like unique things. I create more functional things. Like here's a space, let's transform it. Here's a, how to build a cold plunge, a sauna, an outdoor kitchen. So I don't really create a lot of like epoxy. Let's preserve this as a unique thing. Um, but what I've always wanted to do is find like, not necessarily a rare car, but a really, really old, cool car, like an old, Vida bug, like a shell, strictly just a shell. And then somehow with all its patina and all this stuff, like it could have no engine, no interior, but it's all like patina out. And then like create some kind of structure where it's a glass top 
So it's a dining room table. Obviously, my wife would not let me have this in my house, but you, you essentially would have this glass top that's like sits, you know, six people, and then you look down below and through the glass, and you could see this old school car, like this 1970s, you know, old V-dub. That would be pretty, pretty slick. Yeah, I mean, you kind of repurposed, uh, you did that beam. Yeah, like a that was cool. Like an old farmer's, yeah, yeah. you know, fence. Yeah. Yeah, it stuff like that's really cool, man. Like I, I, I wonder if there's a market for an audience for that, and I and I hope, you know, our audience is into that kind of stuff as well. But um, now that I'm kind of processing, Irina asked me actually before you came because we literally just clo- like signed the papers, 45 minutes before you showed up. Irina's like, I, I kind of gave her a high five. I was like, hey, congrats on 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 this on this purchase, and she's like, you don't seem excited. And I'm like, well, I'm like 60% excited and like 40% really, really nervous. And the nervous part is like the financial aspect, but also the potential aspect. But now that I'm processing this information, I see a lot of cool potential of repurposing, like you said, stuff that's found in the garage. And whether it's taking a bunch of 80-year-old wrenches and submerging them into epoxy and turning something cool out of it or if it's finding something and turning into a little art piece i'm kind of excited about that part i'm also excited about the potential of what the house might look like but that is a lot more overwhelming than finding all those things there yeah it seems like a mission though just to like clear everything out and get a blank slate yeah here's my question for you now you're a storyteller when it comes to video do you think we should come in, do a walkthrough, find everything, you know, share the story of what we found and what we think about it, which I think it's a cool piece of content, and then gut everything. Or do you think we should do the walkthrough and then leave everything as is until that room comes to the project itself? Yeah, I like that second idea. You like the second idea? Yeah, but I guess it's it's your like timeline, right? Because you have to be efficient and like get the projects done that you want to get done, right? Yeah. So that you can, like you said, like get renters in there and yeah, and whatnot. Because like repurposing stuff, it's gonna take it's a whole nother project within itself. You have to get like a storage unit and just put it all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Throw it in the yard. <laughs> let some weeds grow on it yeah it's it's tough because in in the work that we do it's it's this like there's this fine line because if it comes to the and here's i want to preface because I, I preface this i i didn't not preface preface this um because i didn't mention this before the reason i wanted to be optimistic and give this project like a fair shot and look at this house and be like, could we potentially, is strictly because of the proximity of the location. Now, I'm not gonna disclose where the property is because there's weirdos out there, but um, we could talk about this off air, but there is a part of town that is being, I don't know if the word is gentrified because it's not like it was like a, you know, uh, a low income community or anything like that. It was, when Irene and I first got married 10 years ago and we're looking at for our first house, we were not, she never wanted to live in that part of town because of the stigma behind it, which is very silly. But because Boise has been so growing, like 
out and there's no places to really buy, especially for a first time homeowner in the city, it's ridiculously competitive. I saw that area that they kept putting in like cool new stuff in there, right? Like a lot of like things that are like up and coming. And we found ourselves going to that city or that part of town and enjoying ourselves like seasonally. And I was like, hmm, if all the people from suburbia are going here during certain seasons and they're experiencing this, obviously, and, and this area is being constantly developed and they're constantly improving, they're putting cool, like, you know, hipster coffee shops and, you know, really nice restaurants. Then you kind of go like, clearly this area is like sought after. So this place is like two miles away from it. So like, an, like an art district kind of deal, like an it, up and coming. It's an up and coming like art district. Exactly. Revival of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So from like a, a supply and demand, like if you go again, I'm not thinking, I don't think I can make a lot of money off this property if I was to sell it. I, especially the amount of work you put into it, you're like, cool. Essentially, if you were to like pay yourself your salary, you broke even. But if you're like, the big question is like, for example, we looked at one house that was in uh, Parma. Are you familiar with that area? Parma? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like farming area, right? <clears throat> And what's funny is when you're looking at these houses, the realtors that are putting out these advertisements, they're kind of like creative writers because the little excerpt about description of the house will be like so optimistic, like the place in Parma we looked at there, like, um, you know, a, a fixer upper on the market uh, with walking distance to shopping centers <laughs> and restaurants. And so when you read that, you go, oh, cool. There's this little city, little up and coming neighborhood. Let's go check it out. It only makes sense. And then when we went look at it again, we're driving through all these like barley fields. Yeah, they're, they're all hops. Uh, they're all hops. You're right. Yeah, because yeah, they, they're, they're suspending them up in the air, right? And they're growing down. Uh, they're hops. And we pulled up there. And when they described as shopping centers and restaurants, it was one diner, one new shell gas station, and a couple of like tackle shops. That's all it was. And But the creative writing they wrote is like up and coming area, walking distance to whatever. But when you drive to the area, because so, it's so far outside of town, I think it was like a 40, 45 minute drive. You go, what's your clientele of renters here? Well, the clientele is gonna be people who moved out of their parents' home in that farm community who, you know, people, uh, who are in the family of farmers and they decided to have their own thing, but they're not commuting to like Boise. They're not commuting to anywhere else. They're just kind of there because it's so far out or unless they're retired. And so with this area, the only reason that I was really optimistic about it is number one, how cheap the property was. And number two is how close it is to this new up and coming area that I'm finding suburban suburbia people constantly going to and it's only two miles away from it. So that proximity was like the only part that made me go, I think this might be the right the, the right route to this. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's all a gamble. It's all part of storytelling. And I, I hope that we will do justice because I'm really afraid to do this whole like, let's do a walk around and then do a clean slate because that makes it very efficient that's what people do they come in they tear everything down they go now we paint now we do the kitchen now we do the flooring 
and then you kind of go room by room if you want after that. But I'm I'm really nervous about screwing up the storytelling where you see a dramatic before and you see a dramatic after of the space. Yeah, I think the the house itself is its own like character. Mm-hmm. So you almost if like you almost want to preserve that for as long as you can. Yeah. And there's no curb appeal by the way of this house. It's it's I and I'm not saying because the house is falling apart, but it's I I'll, I'll have to show you this picture, but there's when you look at modern day houses built or even older houses like um you know, uh, on down off of Harrison and Boise. These are all like historical places that are all hipsters and all that stuff. There's this curb appeal where you're like, wow, that's cool. It's brick and it's got this cool entrance. This place has absolutely zero curb appeal because of the way they structured the house. There's an awkward window at the front entrance. There's this very short and low ceiling porch entrance that's like very small and like there's absolutely no curb appealance. And so I'm excited about having these like drastic transformations that are keeping me up at night to go like, where are the ideas coming from? Like, how do I come up with an idea for this that could be structurally sound and yet improve the curb appeal? Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a wild ride. <sighs> what's your uh what's your biggest fear with the house <coughs> that's a good question um carrying the mortgage payment <laughs> to be honest with you because the way my budgets are set up right now is with brands there's the budgets are set aside for like operation costs and material costs and, and all that stuff because now you have an added feature like an extra mortgage payment by the way with today's interest rates is through the roof there's questions of whether or not we're gonna have to get rid of the porsche which is like a first world problem but it's it was a dream of mine to have this thing and now i'm like i have to have this conversation of like yeah it was a dream and you're being a kid about it but now you kind of have to be a little bit more responsible and so my fear is 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 budgeting with carrying a second mortgage. Is there like a room in the house where you see the most potential? The kitchen. The kitchen. The the downfall of the house is that it's it's three bedroom, one bathroom. And that's never too appealing unless it's to a renter. Because then you can rent out essentially, you know, two to three rooms and then it's a shared bathroom and a shared kitchen and a shared living room space. Um but houses are always far more uh, sought after where it's more than one bathroom. And hearing Irina talk about adding to the house, there is definitely room to it. But, and this is going back to another thing, it's like everything at the end of the day could be done, right? You could turn it into, you know, a three bedroom, two bathroom. You could turn it into and, and add an extra bathroom to it which will make it even more sought after. But the question of it is like, how much is that gonna cost? Because now we're dealing with, yes, there's permitting with plumbing that I do in my house right now and electrical, but now there's permitting that you have to go to the next level of like, you have to get structural engineers involved because now they're reconstructing your roof line. You have to get, um, like I'm not, 
well versed and I'm not even remotely even adequate to even have a conversation about roofing to be like, okay, well, I'll just add this because they signed off of that. Like I, that means at that point, like the section with the roof that's sinking in the house or in the, in the garage, that's something that I'm going to have to have roofers come in, come, coming in. So it's like, I have to figure out more cash flow to be able to do this in order, because I have to get like the big guns, the big people involved into it. Yeah. What's, what's your workflow? Like if you have like a, a house like this, do you like think, what do I want the house to look like overall? Or are you just kind of going room by room and this is what I want to do here? <coughs> and then the end result is kind of just an amalgamation of, of all the rooms that you did. Can you use amalgamation in a sentence? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like a collection of uh, yeah. I- ideas or something. Yeah. Okay. So I, I have only one vision right now and it's the vision for the kitchen because the kitchen is the the part that made me so turned off on the house for the first time I saw it. And the I, I finally stumbled across the solution, how to, how to open it up. And so I actually have a vision for the kitchen in terms of its layout that's gonna be very appealing to a modern day renter or purchaser or whatever you wanna call it. Um, as far as the aesthetic of the house, if there's a vibe, um, I don't. And I think this is where Irina comes in because she always has a general theme that sometimes we butt heads on where like when we did this bonus room, I've always wanted this like dark and moody place. And she didn't like that because her theme was always like light and airy and every room is kind of similar to the last one versus with me. I've always wanted each room to be its own grand statement. Like when you go to a restaurant, like, uh, barbacoa you walk into barbacoa's bathroom and it's this like medieval gothy looking place which is super cool and then you'll go to you know twigs or something like that and the bathroom looks completely different there i like those kind of like shock and awe and everything has its own little vibe but i think in a situation like this the kitchen's the only thing First of all, I, I I don't think this place can have the shock in it. I think everything has to has to flow together, but um, I think the kitchen is like I said the only really big vision I have. Everything else is just gonna be whatever's in style right now. Like, and I think it works with the space because the house that we're in right now was built in two thousand and six, which is not that it's not that hard to remodel it and transform it. Yes, it's it's a more of a wow factor when you have dark cabinets and now it's like a light airy thing. But when you go from a house that was built 80 years ago and then you go, now it's very modern. I think every room, like the bathroom, the only bathroom in this, in this, in this house that, that we just bought, you literally could throw some ketchup on the wall and you're like, this looks like a scene from saw, you know, do you remember the scene from um, breaking bad when, uh, he told Jess, Jesse to go dispose of the body and get the plastic tubs yeah. and put acid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jess decided, Jesse decided to put him in the bathtub <laughs> yeah. and, and then the bathtub <laughs> the went bathtub through. But do you remember how the bathtub, how it was like this pink bathtub? It was this like super, you know, old, old, dirty looking place. That's the bathroom here. And so it, I'm excited for that part. The vision is... Everything's only going to look so much better because how bad everything already looks. 
And now here's a section that I never mentioned to Irina. <laughs> this is hilarious because she's not here. Is that when you get a good deal on a house, especially in today's market, there's a lot of things that that's like, what's the what's the catch? Like the catch on that last house in the last episode they were talking about about the the catch was the mold. Like there was three rooms that had an extensive amount of mold that was coming through of water damage with this house. The couch is not only that the bank won't finance you and the roof on the garage is caving in and all this funky stuff, but there's a second catch to it. The catch is that the water, so it's, first of all, the house is not in city limits, even though it's in the city. You, so I have to pay to get, like I have to pay a couple of thousand dollars to get it annexed into the city, right? Then I have to pay a couple of thousand dollars for them to put a water meter because now it's annexed in the city. And the reason I have to put a water meter in is because right now, the guy that lived there 80 years ago had this spit in the bottom of your hand and shake your neighbor's hand to have this agreement because a neighbor had a well. And the agreement is that this guy can hook up to his well and his septic tank. And, but uh, the previous owner of my house had to pay for the pump and the, the utilities for that pump, the electrical for that pump, uh, to be able to either draw water from the well or, or to have that, the septic service. So now we're going through all this legal rigmarole with the signing process of, cause the, 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 the neighbors are like, Hey, we want to not be connected. So I, I bought a house with no water that's not connected to a city or, or doesn't have a well. So I either pay $30,000 for a new well to put in, or I go through this like rigmarole and so many fees to get uh, it annexed into the city and get hooked up to the, get a water meter put in and get that water meter connected to the line, to the, to, to, to okay, that. <laughs> I bought the most DIY house. I basically bought a trailer that doesn't have wheels. I'm pretty sure too, like <clears throat> drill, drilling for, uh, I think drilling is like super backed up right now too. Is it? Yeah. Like in some places like a year out it's actually cheaper in this circumstance because it's close enough to the city it's actually cheaper to get annexed into the city and put get connected to the water than it is for you to put a well in that's wild <laughs> that's so wild so well that'll be exciting to share those news with arena that'll be uh, <laughs> that'll be fun that'll be a fun reaction we did what you bought what <laughs> But yeah, basically it's a it's a it's a trailer with no wheels. That's thirteen hundred square feet, with a, a makeshift DIY basement. Yeah, seems like you got into a real uh, trophy house. Yeah, well, we'll find out in the next year whether or not I file for bankruptcy or not. Um, well, hey, this has been fun, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, I hope you guys watch us on YouTube, and uh, please rate and review anywhere you can. It really helps with promoting this podcast. Appreciate you guys. Hope you guys are looking forward to this new process. Uh, it'll be wild. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>